You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hey, Liv. Yeah, Mr. Cree. You know, even Jimmy Johnson drives a Camaro. He's not even from New Jersey. (laughs) Not only people from New Jersey drive Camaros. Mostly the good ones. But even in NASCAR. Mostly in NASCAR they drive Toyotas or Chevys. Jimmy Johnson drives a Camaro. Hey, Liv. Yeah, Mr. Green. You want some cheesecake? <laughs> no, no, no thanks, Mr. Green. I'm hey, Betty. <laughs> hey, Betty. Let's get Liv some cheesecake. Extra whipped cream for the lad. <laughs> Hello. And thanks for downloading the two. <laughs> Sorry Excuses podcast recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And I... you are... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, say what you got to say. We've say only done intro. this 149 previous times. Why would we get this one right? Because <laughs> I'm thinking about something funny. I'm wondering who's gonna know the difference. Who's gonna know we're talking about Jimmy Johnson, the NASCAR racer, or Jimmy Johnson, the former football coach that also does commercials for Extends Male Enhancement, where he's dressed up in a friggin' stock racing outfit outside of an Extends fucking stock car. <laughs> Wait, Jimmy Johnson, the football coach, is dressed as a NASCAR driver in a commercial <laughs> for Extends. You know, <laughs> you know he's the. You know, he's the spokesman for Extends Male Enhancement. Uh, okay, one, I didn't realize that. Um, and two... I don't think they run them anymore. Yeah, I, 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 is it a regional thing? Because I don't remember No, Extends. it's national. Like, it was like, get Extends. And it's like, dude, this guy isn't even, like, washed up. Like, he's he's got to be making a few million a year on Fox. And he's doing commercials for men that want to have a bigger penis. So it's not even like Cialis or Viagra. No, it's totally, um, yeah, it's non-prescription shit. Yeah. And and it's the equivalent of, of a penis pump. It's it's only to make your junk bigger. Yeah, it basically works the same way as like Viagra and shit like that, I think. Like it's like, you know, opening up your veins basically to make all the blood rush down there so... So basically what I think it's doing is giving you kind of like a half chub all the time. So you feel like you got to, that's what I assume it does. You know, is this, it a- doesn't make you bigger for good, you know, but what I think it does, it kind of makes you half masked all the time, <laughs> you know, but as your testosterone levels and shit start frigging weaning off, you know? Oh yeah. Like- I, I'm going to guess that I have zero testosterone. Yeah, I'm probably gonna whatever get that a scale is. That it's shit soon. They they have a scale, right? Yeah, I guess in all things, yes. like you know, you test it, you need a quantifiable number. I would guess that mine's zero. <laughs> zero seems kind of harsh. Yeah, no, mine's zero, but I would say basically zero. 
Basically zero. So recording live via via the internet. <laughs> I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. <laughs> and if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 150, the 150th edition. <laughs> the zero testosterone edition. <laughs> Happy anniversary, buddy. Happy anniversary. What do they call this? The sesquicentennial or something like that? Yeah, sesquicentennial. You got it exactly right. Uh, The only reason I know that is because I think, uh, like, South Carolina recently had its sesquicentennial anniversary or something. Yeah. Something along those lines. Uh, Uh, It must have been the sesquicentennial of of Fort Sumter. Because the Civil War, that would have been 150 years ago. Okay. I bet right, you that it must have been. You know, I I'm sure, because I know they were, because South Carolina is one of the original colonies. It is? Yep, one of the original 13. Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. People don't think about the southern states as original colonies, but Georgia up through, you know, up through the Carolinas and up to Virginia. So then by definition, it was one of the original 13 states. Yes. Okay. So I don't know where I got that from, but I, I saw it on a... Having a, its tricentennial coming up this year, 1718. Who is? In New Orleans. The city of New Orleans, it's going to have the tricentennial this year, 2018. Everything's getting all ramped up down here. Nice. Because they're going to celebrate it in 2018. You know, so What month? Probably April. They haven't pinned. I mean, they're going to be doing stuff throughout, but I think the big free, I think it might be April for the big um, blowout or whatever, basically, because they, they haven't pinpointed the exact day of its founding, you know, whenever Bienville got here and was like, this is New Orleans. They don't know. They, they got some ideas, but they don't know the exact day that was, you know. But I think they guess it was probably around April. How do you, how are they going to celebrate? I mean, you don't really. I mean, the bicentennial would have been you know a hundred years ago, so you don't have any obviously firsthand reference to that. But like a concert is that concert They're fireworks? Do all kinds of shit like that. There'll be. I guess the last time they did something equivalent was fifty years ago for the two hundred fiftieth. They had all kinds of stuff going on, you know. Okay. Um, like they had. You know, who came over here? Maybe Charles de Gaulle might have come over back then or something, you know? Um, They had all kinds of stuff going on with the French, which they'll probably do this time. I know there's supposed to be tall ships coming in at some point, and you're going to be able to go get the ride on these tall ships. They're probably going to charge you a shit ton of money. But there's all kinds of other commemorations, and there's going to be stuff throughout the year. You know, that was one of the things that pissed off the city because years ago, Probably, probably like three or four years ago now, whenever the bids were put out for the Super Bowl, they put a huge bid in for the Super Bowl for this year's Super Bowl. because, mm-hmm. And that was their whole thing. It's like it's going to be the 300th anniversary of, of New Orleans. You know, it was like so we want to have the Super Bowl because there will be a big cap on all that, you know, to go with all the celebrations and everything. And then they gave it to Minnesota because they built the new stadium. Yeah. <laughs> but they're gonna they'll they'll be they they've been doing stuff throughout this year, you know, they start commemorating like 
the newspaper every day has New Orleans 300, you know, and, and it has little blurbs about stuff in the history of New Orleans and, you know, oh, uh, you know, all these little historical facts and then uh, historical moments or like stuff that's just taken for granted. Oh, the invention of the po' boy, you know, and little stories about all that type of stuff, you know. The constant commemoration of 300 years, you know, so it's going to be a big okay. deal. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of li- it's kind of cool to be alive for it, you know, but I think it's going to be kind of commandeered by a bunch of I probably won't directly be involved with anything because, you know, I'm just a nobody. <laughs> hey, don't <laughs> say yourself short. Nobody. <laughs> don't say yourself short. You're a tremendous nobody. Yes. <laughs> um, I was like, but I'll probably like, you know. Plus, I'm like single, so it's like, oh, that, that's cool. That'd be a cool parade to go to. Probably not gonna go check that out. <laughs> so, whatever. But, right. but it's gonna be all, you know. So I'm sure there'll be extra friggin' mustard on the New Year's Eve bullshit. <laughs> 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 well, let's let's celebrate something that we can celebrate uh, alone and quietly and sadly while eating pizza in our rooms while nobody's looking. The 150th episode. Yeah. Two sorry excuses. Four years, 150 episodes, 150 solid episodes. Um, well, we didn't call them solid episodes. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of solid episodes. Most of them were kind of choppy and... You know. Uh well I mean I, I mean more <laughs> more of a substantive standpoint. They're all about an hour. <laughs> we didn't, take, uh, I, I do remember the early days, people were like, dude, I was listening to your podcast and it goes on for like an hour and forty minutes. I don't have time for all <laughs> Reardon gave a very succinct a very succinct uh, review of our podcast early on, which I've recounted uh on these uh, on these episodes, uh, at some point, I, I don't remember how long ago, but just uh, to to bear it bears repeating, uh, he said, "For Christ's sakes, man! First of all, it's seventy nine gigabytes. Yeah. And once I wait for that to download, I'm treated to you two idiots shitting on Boston for an hour and thirty minutes." <laughs> Yes, uh, which is <laughs> which is only partially true. Sometimes the episodes are eighty gigabytes. So um. <laughs> the poor people of Boston—they're such a downtrodden people. <laughs> the poor long-suffering Bostonians. <laughs> Good thing he's not listening for it to have a flashback. <laughs> that um, secretly, that's my favorite part of the show is listening to you um, rag on Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fun because it because that's why people rag on Boston because it's so easy because they get so defensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, nothing's prepar- more predictable than that. You know, just mention Boston unless you're saying like, "Oh, I want to suck Boston's dick." You were hating on Boston. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Unless you unequivocally say it's the best place on earth, you're hating on Boston. <laughs> which is so weird. Which is so weird for a location, for a, for a city to have 
that as its reputation to not only yield some of my best friends, because people can be friends with assholes, right? <laughs> just because they're just because they're your friends doesn't make them good people. But not only are they good friends, they're they're honestly good people. Yeah, yeah, hey. they're great. They're, they're great people. Yes. No, like, no. I love them all. It's just at the end of the day, they're all Bostonians. You know, it's just funny. It's like no matter where, you know, they are. It's 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 funny. It's part of the dynamic. You know what? It's it's almost I don't know. It is Boston. I don't know. It's just funny. It's just funny. I guess I don't know. It's, it's fucking New York. I guess that's the reason, you know. It's basically I, what I Nick just, Saban's done to LSU football fans. It's ruined stuff for him, you know. Yeah, I just listened to a to a thirty uh, for thirty podcast, um, which it I think are worth listening to. Especially you like to keep you personally uh, like to keep your podcast to um, coincide with with a variety of activities, including your workouts, right? So we've talked yeah. about that before. You're like, oh, well, I'm going to need two bike rides to listen to that, or yeah. you know, I'm going to have to listen to it on two car rides. A lot of people do that um, with us. I know BP talks about it all the time. Yeah, he, he stopped he the other shut, day. Yeah. He had to shut the episode off because he got home, and I, and I understand that. Yep. Uh, but the 30 for 30 episodes are, are reasonable chunks. They're... I, I want to say they're either thirty minutes or sixty minutes, so they're 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 hard breaks. They produce them like a TV show, so you can at thirty minutes you can stop and then oh, okay. pick it up. Um, but I was listening to to one called Yankees Suck, and it was a story. I don't even remember this, um, but it was I want to say the nineties, late nineties, early two thousands, before the Red Sox came back from the three zero. Um, oh, you know what it was? Right. It was yeah. right before 9-11. So it was right okay. before 9-11. The, 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 the years leading up to, uh, to 9-11, um, a couple guys, a couple Boston guys apparently made this bootleg t-shirt that said Yankees suck. The, the episode made it seem like it was a cultural phenomenon. I do but... remember the Yankees suck t-shirts. <laughs> yeah okay you're you got a better memory than me then maybe i was out of the well country. you know the first time i ever when i visited in 2001 actually which was right before 9 11 you know it was that spring the first time i ever well i'd been to boston before the first time i visited bp up there was that spring because i went up there to help pack my sister up when she was at umass and i and then i went and my mother dropped me off at in charlestown and I hung out with BP, and we went to a Yankees Red Sox game. That was that might have been the first. I know I I don't know if we went to one or two games while I was there, but I'm pretty sure it was a Yankees Red Sox game while I was there. You know, but I remember seeing the Yankees suck T-shirts. Oh, you know? okay, all right, yeah. Um, the the episode does a good job more than tell the story of the creation of these T-shirts, which is not a very groundbreaking story, yeah. but they do do a pretty good job of laying out the caricature of a Boston sports fan, specifically the Boston Red Sox fan. And they, those guys do a pretty good job of poking fun of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good episode to listen. To. I'd recommend, it. I'd recommend the whole series, uh, 30 for 30. Um, but that particular episode, the Yankees suck. And the Phil Ivy, um, Baccarat 
episode uh, is the, with the got gambler, me right? That's yeah. poker player Phil Ivy. Yeah, yeah. So I would, uh, I would definitely check those, uh, <clears throat> those out. And I definitely always root for the Red Sox versus the Yankees. Obviously, you don't. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Although the gist of the the gist of the episode, spoiler alerts. Uh, was that the Yankees uh, that the nine eleven happened? So then it was not in vogue to hate on New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was everybody was. I was a Yankee fan at that point. Which is always weird that the freaking Diamondbacks won that World Series. Right, right. Yeah. And then uh, shortly after that, um, the Red Sox come back from O three. And then they win the World Series. So now they cannot play, you know, the forlorn, lovable loser anymore. And it just kind of, the world evens out. The sports world, uh, you know, is no longer tilted on the New York axis. So, um, you know, the, the, the rivalry, to, to a great extent, is pretty, is pretty much gone the way of... You know, and then people thought it was cool when they beat the Yankees. But, you know, I mean... People get arrogant after winning, you know. And it, yeah, once you stop becoming an underdog, off. yeah. <laughs> once you stop becoming the underdog, you're you're just like the Yankees. Yes, you become Cowboys fans. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yankees fans. Oh, Yankees fans are the worst. <laughs> yeah, listen. As a Yankee fan, they turn me off. They turn me off to. I have to try really hard. Uh, I have to try really hard to to root for the Yankees. Um, and like we talked about this year, I just came back to baseball seriously for the first time in a long time. Um, a little bit because the Yankees are a little more likable. They were a little more likable this year. They, they, they overachieved a bit, yeah. but even that, listen, you're spending, you know, whatever it is, $197 million on your payroll. It's hard to say you overachieved. Well, and then, right? yes. And then this is the other thing I'll piss you off by the Yankees. And I don't know if you saw this, but if you go to Deadspin, they got the YouTube video of it from today because Dan Lebitard went after the frigging commissioner baseball because, you know, Derek Jeter is now one of the owners. Well, I say quote unquote owners because I guess technically he's not an owner, even though he was treated as an owner of the Marlins. Okay. And well, his ownership group really didn't. the The guy that's leading ownership group, who who's the one that brought Jeter in there with them, they didn't really have enough money to buy the Marlins. You know, like they shouldn't have been approved to buy the team. Right. So they bought the team already four hundred million dollars in debt or something. The guys that bought it. So immediately, what they started doing was trying to cut debt. So what did they start doing? Getting rid of all their good players. And Derek Jeter from Yankees, what does he do? He trades one of the best. He trades the best power hitter in baseball to the team that's got the second best power hitter in baseball. <laughs> his own, his old fucking team, the Yankees. You know, and friggin', you you should watch it. It's like six minutes long. They got it on Deadspin, and Lebertard just giving friggin' because Lebertard's from Miami. You know, yeah, he's yeah, basically yeah, yeah. like baseball doesn't give a fuck about South Florida. They've been shitting us for years, and now they're doing this. And he's like, he's like, can you tell me that you didn't know that they were going to start getting rid of players to shit 
dead. And, and, and he's like, he says, well, I see that as a lie. And Manfred's getting pissed. You know, he's like, you're heard- going to come here and call me a liar, blah, blah, blah. Because he's really grilling them. Because they only just did it, you know, I mean, because it's Jeter and whomever. They don't give a fuck, you know. And it's shit that's, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. very sketchy. It's odd that that somehow we found our way to this in the 150th episode. But yes, yeah. well, I, that, that's just how we we had it drawn up. Remember that yeah. first call we had, and we said, "Hey, man, listen, if we ever get to 150, you know, it'd be a really fitting way to recap our uh, our legacy uh, is to talk about baseball in South Florida." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of cementing our legacy, I was uh, going through uh, some old episodes uh, and updating the old Two Sorry Excuses uh, website, which, if you are Still a follower exists. of the show, if you are a follower of the <laughs> show, you'll know that the Two Sorry Excuses website um, has been the bane of our existence uh, since we launched this podcast. Uh, it's an. Uh, uh, I don't think it's a necessity. It was really hopping until the GoDaddy.com account fizzled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was going to say a website is a necessity for a podcast because that's what creates the RSS feed. However, um, I think there's a workaround that where you can just publish directly from from your host. But whatever. That's too technical. But uh, the website is what most people um, – what most people associate with a product, right? You got to, whether yeah. you're selling shoes or, or podcasting, people always talk about the website. Um, and the website has been a struggle for us for a long time. Um, for a while, we had, we had the website kicking. Yep. We were we doing had, po- we were doing blog entries, blogs, blog posts. <laughs> uh, we you know we had anecdotes, we had bits, we had asides, we had pictures. Um, we put a lot of a lot of energy into into the original Two Sorry Excuses website. I thought it was a good website. Yep. However, I think it was during. See, I lose you. You're much better remembering dates and 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 timelines than I am. 2014, I believe, was when I got Bell's palsy. Is that is that that seems right? that seems was it 2014? Was it 2015? Maybe it was 2015. Okay, that makes that makes more sense. Two years ago. Happened on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it happened on Thanksgiving. So, so this would have been my. This isn't my second Thanksgiving. Oh, maybe it is my second Thanksgiving without Bell's palsy. <laughs> That's the way the world's been coming. You counting Thanksgiving's right? The number you've had without Bell's palsy. <laughs> Uh, uh, it was like pre-Katrina, post-Katrina became the way everything was measured here. Now your life is broken up and everything before Bell's palsy and everything since. <laughs> right. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Um, so it was a long time ago. Or it wasn't so long ago. Depends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I I'll, know we I'll st- tell you a better idea of when... 
of when it was. Um, it might have been 2014 when the because when was it was the summer 2014 that the ice bucket challenge was a big deal or is it 2015? When was it? When did we do that? Because I think we were doing that when I think the. I think the website was up and running when we were doing the Ice Bucket Challenge. And that was 15. I want to say that was 15. Oh, no, 2014. Yeah, so, I mean, your Bell's Palsy might have been 14. I don't know. Uh, but I have a feeling it was, like, not long after that that the website, because... I mean, I'm thinking that because I, because I know I was probably, um, you know, we were way more active because we were trying to get content. Yes, yes, we were, and we were we were good about it. And I think that if you were a subscriber to the podcast and a and a fan of the show, or at least a listener of the show, um, you won't. It will. Uh, you were being rewarded. I think we we rewarded you handsomely. Yep. Um Okay, so 2014, on December 20th, 2014, there's an episode called uh, Sanders Explains What the Hell Happened. Ah, yes. Okay, so it was the October of 2014 that we busted the uh, the website and 2014 was when I had Bell's palsy into 2015 yeah okay okay it's all coming together yep it's all coming together um, but we digress because the whole point of this conversation is that I recently went in and retooled the Two Sorry Excuses website because in October of 2014 in, in, in our haste to get it back up I put up a very simple like posting board type website where it's really just entries of the podcast um, but the one little bell and or whistle that it allows us to have is um, is a greatest hits collection and it's essentially, uh, you know, kind of a right-hand, uh, uh, right-hand navigation bar that lets you upload four or five different pieces of content. And at the time we relaunched the website, we didn't have that many episodes. Okay. So I think, I think I just put the 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 most downloaded episodes of all time up there, which included uh, in the Navy. Yep. It was a very popular episode. Uh, and that was from catchers. July 2014. July 2014. Yep. Uh, we had anal cum catchers up there, which was episode anal 54, I believe. Anal cum catchers. I'm glad we mentioned that because I had my whole family downloading 150. I let them know about how this <laughs> is a landmark milestone achievement. Uh. In my uh, podcast history. So they're all listening tonight. So I hope they go back and download anal cum catchers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. last thing I want uh, is my family listen to this. <laughs> I, um, yeah, for their sake. 
for their sake <laughs> as well as yours. Yes, um, yes, all parties involved are better off that way. <laughs> Otto's army retreats. Oh yes, I, I was Episode thinking about that 11. the other day because I was talking about his army. I was thinking, yes, yeah, Sanders hates Otto's army. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is one group that I believe we owe uh, equal time to, um, because I I was uh, I was like pretty Pat fervent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, who who we'll get to? Who we'll get to? Trust me, we'll get to. All right, to. so go on. Why you believe we owe equal time to Otto's army? Uh, because I think we shit on them pretty bad. We, uh, my friend, you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> if I gotta own gone after Boston food and whatnot, you gotta own gone after Otto's army. <laughs> all right, all right, you're absolutely right. So, so I promised a couple things in uh, in the post uh, episode 150 world. Um, I never revealed them, but I, I promised that we were going to be up to some new things. Um, one of them was supposed to be that we were going to a multimedia platform. Uh, we were going to start recording these episodes to video and, and posting them on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and maybe even work our way to a, to Facebook live where Brian Peters can actually sit and listen to a live broadcast of Two Sorry Excuses, if that is his pleasure. Um, that did not work out today. I did not realize the how poor the lighting uh, in my podcasting studio is. So, yeah. um, had It'd to, have to be an Instagram video or something, or Twitter anyway, because Brian Pierce doesn't do Facebook. We want to make sure he can watch everything we do. That's right. Okay, very good. I'll, we'll He's have a to target that. audience of ours, man. I'll have to revise that strategy. We um, a lot of content from Brian Peters' uh, in- inquisitions. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to do was um, give more varied content. Right? And, and yeah. the overwhelming majority of the people who tune in to listen um, are tuning in to just listen to you and me droll. Uh, and talk about whatever it is we talk about, and then wrap it up in 90 minutes or less. Um, but I wanted to explore some new content, keep creative juices flowing, as they say, um, and introduce uh, some pod specials. And the the idea actually comes from the episode of, uh, of um, Much Ill Repute, the Pat Mulrennan episode where I discuss some side projects that I want to work on. <laughs> and one of them is called an orange life. I believe you were discussing the side projects as Pat was trying to wrap up his, his analysis of the upcoming NBA draft. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I realized like, bullshit, that bullshit. the shows were so terrible that it is inspired me to come up with 20 <laughs> ideas better than having Pat Mulrennan on here. That's basically what it came down to. Um, well, it only took it only took three years uh, for that to come to fruition. We posted the <laughs> the uh, Two Star Excuses pod special with Tyler Aki for the men's basketball preview. I think a follow-up to that would be Otto's Army, to let the president of Otto's Army come on and and discuss where I believe Otto's army has gone wrong 
in these recent years. Yeah. And first and foremost is their desire to quote unquote create Bayheimville. No, no, I put the quote unquote in the wrong place. Move the quote unquote one more word over. So the Bayheimville, where they sleep out in tents. Is it Bayheimville or is it Bayheimberg? What is it called? Bayheimberg. I think you're right. Is it Berg? I think you're right. Okay. But it doesn't matter, man. They camp under the dome. That's really all they're doing. And I bet mean, they're not some... setting up their own city with their own government. <laughs> at some point, they're going to be camping. And... <laughs> at some point, they are going to let them inside the dome to camp. Yes. Because it's going to be too cold, right? They canceled the camp out. That's, that's that was, what. Yeah, that was your grief back then. Correct. Right? Because they canceled the camp out. But, but in all fairness, it's not like canceling a camp out down here because it got 40 degrees you know i i don't know if we had this issue back then but it was like they're canceling a camp out for the because you know public safety like they wouldn't let people sit out there in zero degrees or something you can't have then you can't have Beheimberg. Yeah, I mean, just like how they go pick up homeless people when the temperature gets a certain degree, because it's like, you know, they'll they they will physically grab you, the police. So be it. You can't I, have I totally dying that. on the street, and I don't want these kids <laughs> to die. Right? I don't want that. I don't yes. want that to happen. Then, then that can't be a thing. We don't go to school. We don't have a campus that will facilitate that type of fan fervor. Yeah. That's my beef. That 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 was my beef. Yeah, then that, that is, is my that beef. Not, that they won't allow Otto's army to die to get those primo seats at the inside the dome. It's a hollow <laughs> gesture. It's a hollow gesture if it's going to be canceled cuz it's too cold out. That's yeah. that was my that was my stance. No, I know. Then, no. I that know. Was my I stance thought now. it was like my issue with your issues was when I was there, there wasn't any real cohesive, you know, I mean, students went to games, some students went to games, but it's like by the time I was a junior, it was like, no, there was no, like, even though we had a really good basketball program and stuff, there was no, like, cohesive thing driving students to go to the games, you know? You're like, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you know why you're... The core, and it kind of sucks, so that's why I kind of like it, because it was like, well, at least they're doing something like that, you know? Do you, and do you know why your opinion should matter m- not only as much, but should matter more to Otto's Army than my opinion? Two reasons. Okay, why? One, will you tell me? What are the three reasons why your opinion should matter more than mine? At least... To Otto's army, if not to the entire Syracuse community. Well, because it's pro Otto's army. Uh, it's pro Otto's army. But number one <laughs> is you have been featured in Syracuse magazine, and I have not. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I have and been quoted in Syracuse magazine. Yeah. Number two, you've given money to the university. Yeah. Therefore, technically, therefore, believe in that type of stuff. What's that? Technically. You know, yes, practically, yes, I should be given uh, sway because more, you know, more stock to my opinion because I give money. But 
realistic, uh, philosophically, I'm not supposed to believe in that. <laughs> no, no, you're not. But that's uh, that's the great thing is philosophically, uh, philosophically, you can denounce. But that's my philosophy. That reality. Not Otto's army guys' philosophy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, so that was one of what I would have considered our greatest hits. Uh, yeah. Since we have so many more episodes, I went through and I looked for each of the periods of of our production. And what were the – generally, what were the highlights of our production? So if you go back through the history – I know you've got a sweet potato cooking, so I don't I don't want to drone on it. I just threw it in the, in the oven a little while ago. Yeah. Excellent. So how long does it take, a, how long does it take a sweet potato to cook? Uh, the way I do – 45 minutes is the first stage, you know, and then 45 and then, minutes, I'll go throw my piece of chicken, the oven, you know, for like the last 20 minutes, you know? Okay. I'm going to so get you out of here. I'm going to get you out of here in 30 minutes or less. Yeah. That's, that's what I figured at this point. Yeah. Great. Great. My eight. Um, so if you break our, our, our production history into big chunks, uh, up until episode, I want to say, I want to say episode 10. First 10 episodes are, are what I would generally consider our weakest episodes, despite the fact it's got, they have some of my favorite moments in there, right? We did our first two-parter called Baby Carrots and Walnuts, where we dissect Mark Selden and Mark Teixeira's. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Those are almost like Simon and Garfunkel when they were Tom and Jerry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we talk about Joey's last jam, which um, is uh, yeah, I remember that a, a a very deep dive into the preserve market of both here and Europe. Yep. Uh, but episode ten, January twenty fourth, two thousand four. That was when you want to start your your whole jelly operation stuff. C- correct. Called Joey's yeah. last jam. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you know uh, what? But- I mean, can I say? I know you got more to say about something else, but yeah. your your obsession with like jelly PB and J it is revisiting the pod several times over the years. Yes, and I yes. know recently it, it it came back up the concept about the PB and J restaurants and whatnot. So so we do have a couple of reoccurring themes, and that happens to be one of them. Uh, but on January twenty fourth, two thousand fourteen, we we recorded episode ten. Uh, which was entitled Snow Day. And the liner notes for that episode are simply, the boys hunker down on a snowy day to discuss everything except the orange. It was the first episode that we decided to break format and no longer require the discussion of Syracuse athletics in the episode. Because that was the format, right? It was, it yep. was two alumni. That was the, yeah, that was the theory. <laughs> bantered, right? We bantered, yep. and then we led up to uh, a discussion on a relevant current event. And the, the idea was to get people who are interested in Syracuse to listen to this as a creative, humorous outlet to their casual fandom right we'd get sports fans hooked and we would just bring them on the journey that closed out our early period we we got there relatively quickly because back then at least we didn't become a public affairs show 
<laughs> yeah. Next, we will have Grover Norquist discussing tax reform, followed up by Bernie Sanders. You know, that would have been, ugh. And know. it didn't take us long to get to what <laughs> what the show would would eventually devolve into, which is its current format right now. Uh, because episode 11 was the Otto's Army Retreats. What would you call its current format? Stream of consciousness. Oh, uh, yeah, stream of consciousness. Yeah. 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 Two guys. Two guys just talking. Just two dudes hanging out. At its best, it's yeah, at its best. Sweet potato works in the bakes in the background. <laughs> at its best, it's two guys amusing each other. In its reality, it's two guys amusing themselves. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's two individual guys in uh, amusing themselves, right? Yeah. In its worst form, it's two guys bitching. Right. So I yeah, think you that's get, sometimes when the show goes dark. Yeah, you can get one of three episodes, and I think the best episodes are two guys amusing each other, and I think those are fun. And I, I, I leave those episodes, and I'm like, man, this is why this is fun. This is why this is my hobby for for the last four years. You know, I don't go out and play golf. I don't. Certainly don't work out, you know. I don't build I'm model airplanes. Down the Darlington or Daytona for a stock car racing. I'm not into Brony, the Brony lifestyle. Yes. I, I record podcasts, so yeah. um, that's when it's at its best. When I when I walk away and I chuckle. But when I, I want that your brother Jerry in particular loves it when we have a bad life event. We decide to complain about it for an hour and a half, <laughs> and that really brings in the crowd, the audience. <laughs> Uh, I did get a note from him the other day. He's also very active uh, with his feedback to the two sorry excuses. Um, I'm aware. <laughs> he had informed me that he believes that the current day Philadelphia Eagles helmets um, are better than any past version of the better Eagles. Better than the classic Ron Jaworski version? Uh, and then I would say even better than the than the original white. Yeah, the white with the green. With the green, which I yeah. thought were the coolest. But he's a diehard Eagles fan, so I'm going to... Yeah. You remember I'm when Jerome Brown died, so they had the black stripe on the wing? I do. Yeah. I do remember that. The funny thing is about the Eagles, I didn't like the Donovan McNabb helmets too much. You know? Um, for something that seems like it's simple and it should be easy to make cool... It seems like they had trouble pulling it off over the years, you know? Yeah, they try to get too modern in that. Yeah, that that's why I didn't like those McNabb ones. It was too – yeah. It was like – that was that era, though, when every every team right. and every the college was rebranding all its shit to the same yep, model. Totally. But I do remember your brother Jeremy made a comment about one of our very dark shows, Yeah. And it was like, uh, yeah, what? we probably shouldn't be doing it all the time. We probably should get away from those. He, you, he, you recall he, what I'm talking about? I don't. I, I don't, don't know exactly, but I think he was like, dude, you guys are kind of dark. I remember you saying, like, yeah. Uh, that he, mean, expressed, he expressed uh, uh, his desire to hear us do just do more shtick. Yeah, that that certain episode, I think, kind of brought him down, you know? Okay. All right. There's been a couple of those. There's been a couple yeah. of those. Yeah. I mean, um, like, it was like that we went to really, and I know he's had that criticism that sometimes we would go in the really dark places, you know? And I know yeah. in particular, we were discussing just basically, 
It was it was just the midlife malaise, I believe. That was, was it the good. John was it the John Dulles Are You Happy episode? Probably, I'm sure, but I'm sure there was multiples of them, you know. But I think that was probably definitely one where we start, uh, you know, getting into ontological debates about, you know, what is happiness and what does it mean and where are we and, you know, and <laughs> what is my place in the world and what's it all for? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what you episode know, people was. have serious shit they can tune into if they want to hear those questions. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But I think one of the, at least for me personally, uh, one of the purposes, there are several purposes of the podcast. One is was to give me something to do yep. every week, right? I had I had been devoid of of a uh, personal yes engagement, right? Oh, I wasn't I, doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other was to you know to to talk to somebody. Yeah, trust me, I know, man. And it just so happens to be that person is you, and it just so happens to be that we record it. <laughs> yeah. No, and you know what? I mean, it's what I'm. I'm not saying anything because I was a willing participant. Like I, I enjoyed the opportunity to have somebody talk to too. It just afterwards, it's like because I remember being like, because even when you told me, that, I was like, really, you know, like about the criticism. Sure, sure. You know, but it was like, but I guess truly, people that are tuning in to the two sorry excuses they're looking for you know the living sanders they know you know that, that, and that's exactly right right because if, yeah. you, if if it's for the if, if you listen to the people who give us the feedback it's the people who want to have regular contact with us but for whatever reason don't yeah and this is a great way to just keep on top of what's up with with you know, living Sanders. So I think um, more often than not, what we do is you know, uh, you know, since this is one fifty, we can tell a little bit about the operation. We usually talk for about five or ten minutes before we start recording, generally because usually there's some tech issues we're trying to work out or whatever. But that is what we use as the time to talk about our personal conflicts and ailments and whatnot. You know. Correct. Because it is a better forum than airing it out on here, you know? And there'll be episodes where we go where where the pre-roll is 30 or 40 minutes. We've had a couple of those episodes um, before we even get into recording. Yeah. So we've taken that into consideration and, and, uh, and realized that. But from time to time, you know, if it happens to be a point of topic and it comes up, it comes up. Sometimes the pre-roll is long enough to bake a sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first episode that I think is worthy of of canonization into what I would say it would be our, our Hall of Fame, the second class of the Hall of Fame, would be episode 13, Holy Fuck, It's Lee Zurich. <laughs> that's the first episode where we become essentially irreverent and it's really the first appearance of Lee Zurich who would make several appearances in the coming months. He made, he shot onto the scene yep. and quickly established himself as the patron saying the two sorry excuses. He's disappeared lately, 
but I think we just have a lot of other stuff going on. Um, but February 13th, 2014, episode 13, um, holy fuck, it's Lee Zurich. Uh, the boys discuss well, Lee the Zurich news. hasn't stopped. His career is taking off. You know, he is... He has cemented his spot in New Orleans as the most uh, dogged, intrepid investigative reporter in the local news market, you know. And and that will be like in a week because it's always around Christmas time end of the year when they they'll show the show of Lee Zerg's greatest hits from the year before, like the hour long show of all his investigations. Friggin' turning over all local government corruption. <laughs> and, and maybe that's it. Maybe his 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 star shines so bright that we can't even we can't even catch him with our feet on the ground. Yeah, but I think it's kind of dovetailed with us, you know, like you know, oh gee, we start talking about Lee Zerick and his and his career starts rising. Kind of you know, synergy. <laughs> <laughs> that started the upward trajectory of what what I would call uh, the first rise of the two sorry excuses because um, it took a while. It took a bunch of episodes, but we had a few hits and highlights. Liz Stillman makes her first appearance in episode 19. We talk a little bit about the Memorial Day Miracle on May 22nd, uh, 2014. Yes. Then on a holiday. <laughs> then we hit our stride, uh, which the 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 months of May, June, July, August, and then September. We, 2014, right? Of 2014, we yeah. reached unprecedented heights for that period. That was the part um, in the movie where they'd have the quick montage scene playing music, you know, where it's, mean, everything's ramping up, you know. In this, in this, we have. Um, we have the death taxes and bus trips. The boy returned for a pious discussion on death and taxes. Sanders <laughs> start crunching the number on the SU LSU bus trip. The bus trip never happened. Never happened in a truncated form. It became the Sanders. The two sorry excuses. Um, was it? We have a Nissan. <laughs> um, uh, Hyundai. Hyundai. <laughs> But then we roll into we roll into uh, two sorry seer suckers, which had a three part, uh, essentially a three a three part story arc, okay. uh, where you go to the Boltman wedding. Ah, the Boltman wedding! What a good time. The um, technically the Sislin Boltman wedding, I guess. The uh, lawnmower men. The boys are back to break down the mechanics of small motor repair. The Four Seasons in New Orleans, which I believe are Christmas, Mardi Gras, summer, and fall. Is that basically? Yeah. Okay. The plate of Circle K. Elbridge Jerry. I don't even know who Elbridge Jerry is. Who Elbridge Jerry? Yeah. Who's Elbridge Jerry? Jerry Mandarin. Oh, yes. Okay, right. He is right. the namesake of that. You don't have the four seasons in New Orleans, right? But that's fine. That's what makes the show great. Go on. <laughs> uh, Garden Party, which is the back end of the uh, of the Sislin Boltman wedding. Planes, trains, and automobiles, um, where I think you recap even more of the Sislin, 
the Sislin wedding. Like, well, that yeah, was an we, epic affair. You know, that was the wedding crasher style wedding. We had in the Navy, which we've already documented. Uh, we, I, I think that's our shining moment. The advantage of white privilege, which was a great episode. Um, they get together to celebrate Liv's birthday, discuss getting tased in the butt, and examine the perils of being highbrow comedy sheriff in a poop and fart joke town. <laughs> uh, I think we talked a little bit about... Sometimes um, the topic in the brief description is better than the... Um, the actual episode? Yes. Yeah. Um, plus, we mourn the loss of the late, great uh, James Garner. Yep. You know, it's funny... I wanted to tell you this the other day. I got in the car, or maybe it's before I got in the shower. You know, I listen to the same station, the oldie station, and and right when I turn it on, but the extended version was they played the extended version, and I had a flashback, and that was like two or three days ago. Uh, During that. That rise, uh, Brian Peters makes his first appearance on episode 33, Truculent Peters. Hard to believe it was that early. Yeah. We uh, we had our first Tom Everett Scott sighting on a uh, 9-11 episode, see, Tom yes. Everett not. Um, we also then had one of our other classic episodes, The Misadventures of B-Boy and Seawagon. Uh, we've recounted that several times where I saved the... Uh, save the turtle, and you almost died at the hands of a bee uh, and an inept Jamie Secor. Uh, but she in seashells the, by the Secor, that runs all the way to one uncultured fuck and of uh, angry Vikings and drunken Albanians, which is uh, the first of our classic uh, TS uh, EC Halloween specials. But smack dab in the middle of that. All that great content, and we were we were at man. I want to say I want to. S- s- we had some of the highest download numbers of any of any stretch during that period. But smack dab in the middle of that three or four month run, what is what we jokingly consider the worst episode. Of Tusarix in the Tusarix uses catalog. But I actually went back and listened to that episode tonight because I thought we would talk about it a little Which bit. One? I wanted to have a fresh memory. It's episode 29. Um, the official catalog title is The Floodlight Job Robbery. However, it is colloquially known as the Pat Melrennan episode. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. So the NBA preview edition was episode twenty nine, uh, which we which we jokingly consider our worst episode. But I went back and I listened to it today, just so I would have some context in talking about it. And on second listen, Pat Pat really owes us an, an apology. <laughs> Pat owes us an apology. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because we <laughs> joked about how bad that episode was, but in reality, it was a really bad episode. Yeah, yeah. It was a really, really bad episode. Now, we have to take a little bit of the blame there. Maybe 2%, 1% each of us. Uh, because we 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 were we were outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. I think we were trying to tackle some... Because there was a couple of SU guys that were going to be... 
available for the draft that year was one of the issues. And some guys that, that had come to define the program in recent years, yeah. right? Yeah. So we were still nominally, and I still like to think of us as a Syracuse podcast. We are the longest running Syracuse theme podcast on iTunes. Yeah. When you Google, uh, I'm sorry, when you search in iTunes for Syracuse Orange, we are the first result that comes up. When you Google Syracuse Orange podcast, we are front page. So at least we come up on the front page. We're not the first. Uh, we're not the first listing, but we're 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 prominent because we've been around for longer than anybody else. Now we're not the most prolific podcast. Noon's Magician uh, blows us away in terms of actual yeah. content creation. They have a hell of a lot more. I mean, they have money, inspiration in us. Yeah, they got money, and they also have staff. You know. Yeah, but we have been consistently without a break. Without a significant break, we are the longest-running uh, Syracuse Syracuse podcast. Um, so I thought that it would make sense to to at least talk about it. it was the high time of, of of Syracuse athletics to that point? Yeah, during during the life of our podcast, obviously, um, football was for shit. We weren't, you know, we, we weren't really having uh, much content generated from the football side of things. So it made sense, and we knew a guy from the NBA who we had direct contact with, and he was nothing more than a text message to book. And I thought, and there's, here's where some, maybe we got too smart for our own good, but we figured, listen, here's a guy, he works for the NBA. He's got a Twitter account. He's got a bunch of friends who may or may not listen to us regularly, but know of at least you, or at least have some connection to, to our shared universe. Yep. Let's put him on, and maybe he'll get us a couple more listeners. Not only did he not do that, the content within the episode, you would have thought that we pulled a, I don't want to say, I don't want to be disparaging and call him a homeless guy off the street, but just pulled any old guy off the street yeah. for the amount that he actually knew about the NBA. <laughs> No, I'll well, say this. I don't Let think that's unfair that. to guys off the street. That. Let me revise that. I don't of think that's N- fair to guys off of the street. <laughs> 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 that assessment is totally not fair to the random guy on the street. <laughs> uh, uh, there was some point we had peppered him with, with a number of questions about um, Syracuse NBA connections. You would have thought he. You would have thought that we were doing a gotcha, like we told right. them we were going to talk about the uh, sexual harassment allegations against him. Instead, we brought him and asked him about light content such as basketball. Right, you know? right. Oh, I was here to defend myself. How <laughs> dare you ask me about something that I deal with on a daily basis? <laughs> <laughs> there was a string of questions where we really got. Uh, pretty deep into the uh, to the D League or the G League now, but uh, it was yep. the D League back at the time. And um, you're rattling off some 
questionable trivia. But you're you're doing it in a way that's looking for and inviting his input and validation. Yeah. And you might as well have been speaking Chinese to him. Well, he might have understood that because I know he deals a lot with the Chinese market because they're so important to the NBA now. <laughs> well, uh, then maybe we should have brought him on. About that legitimately, I know, like when Pat's down here, like we've had those conversations. Like they're they'll be doing all this work, and a lot of the work involves making sure that it's all up up to stuff with the Chinese because it's because there's more, like even though. The percentage of fans might not be as many as in the U.S. Just the sheer number of Chinese, it's a bigger market, you know? Yeah, top 25%. I think it's 25%. <laughs> the top 25%, the, the top 25% smartest Chinese. Chinese people equal the entire population of the United States. Yeah. Right. Think about that. Like that's yep. something, something like that. It's crazy. Right. Um, right. So we're asking them all these questions and we're talking about Devendorf and, and, um, and McNamara and CJ fair is going to go play in the D league, et cetera, et cetera. And he just, he probably answered about eight or nine questions with, uh, I don't know the answer to that or yeah, like he was at a senatorial fucking <laughs> hearing. Right. <laughs> Uh, I do not recall the events of that draftable player. But uh, at one point, he knows the uh, answer. Fifth Amendment rights. <laughs> at one point, he knows the answer to a question that you pose, and he is so happy. Because it's literally <laughs> the only question he gets right. <laughs> the only question he gets right. And it was a and silly... I was going to cut him slack, because what I remember one of the big problems about recording that originally... Was the fact, you know, as as most people listen to this know, you're in New Jersey, I'm in New Orleans, we're recording remotely. The fact, because I remember that was the original problem, is that we had to bring in a third person remotely, you know, right. which, you know, adding another moving part to a bunch of moving parts already, you know. Yeah. So technically, slack, but now that you've analyzed it, gone back and listened to it and parsing it. Yeah, Pat, you really dropped the ball. <laughs> Technically, it was a pretty sound episode. I I have to give us credit for that. We couldn't have done much more to make it better uh, yeah. from a sound quality standpoint. Listen, we've improved and we've done things better, but back in that day, it was a uh, you can listen to it. I listen to it on my headphones, no problem. Yeah. That's where they usually you hear the problem on the headphones because it's so concentrated. Yeah. Um, but it was a great technical was episode. Stuff. I think it was great. I. I think it was one of my strongest hosting performances. I think I was exceptional. I, I, I gave myself good grades on that. I thought you were particularly uh, engaging a uh, facilitator. Okay. I think you you led the pointed parts of the conversation in areas that I didn't have any business leading them. I thought you did an excellent job. Um, the really the weak part of the of the episode was was Pat himself, which yeah. is just tough. But hey, listen, what are you gonna do, right? Not everybody's made out for podcasting. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe we'll have him back when he can discuss something that he should have knowledge about, like about <laughs> raising children or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I shudder to I shudder to think what 
what his views and it and his knowledge base and that is. Yeah, well, he's got three of them, I think. But of course, he's been working for the NBA forever, and he don't know shit about that. <laughs> That's what I mean. What exactly. I mean. <laughs> Did he have a girl? Did he have a little yeah. girl or, or a little boy? I think he finally had a boy. Okay. Right. There's a great exchange. Yeah. There's there's a few great exchanges of of what I would term live being live. Um, the first is when we engage in the discussion, or we first we first jump in to the discussion about the uh, the D League. Uh, you refer to it as, and maybe the NBDL. Yeah, and Pat, as a company man, reminds you that it's the NBA D League. Yeah, 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 for nomenclature, uh, to which you argue with him, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. Yeah, which I thought was great. But think about it—they probably, I think it was the MBDL one time. Then they changed the NBA D League, and now it's the G League. Because Gator, correct? That no, shows you how loyal they are to the fucking name of the league. Yes, that's right. why it's the G League. It means Gatorade. You know that? Right. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Preposterous that. <laughs> Um, that was one of them. the second. Yeah, was uh, apparently during our pre-show prep, you had alluded to this uh, this bit, and it took him off guard. Um, but you decided to follow up with it in the episode anyway, which was the Pat Mulrennan Fat Pat uniform or something oh, to that yeah, extent. Yes. Yes. The Virginia hat and, and the uh, plaid shirt. It, it and so not knowing the the joke, right? Not knowing the inside joke between you and and and, and Shaggy and the crew. I kind of waited for the big reveal, and it was it was a little bit awkward. Yeah, I feel kind of bad about that now. You're rehashing it, right? Right, and you did mm-hmm. at the time. You you did in the episode. I can tell. I can hear in your voice because I know you well enough. But you still proceeded. <laughs> <laughs> to break it down. And I'm waiting for the big reveal, but at the end, which Pat doesn't pick up on or defend himself because I think he just feels sideswiped at this at this point. I'm waiting for the big reveal, and the big reveal is, is that he wore a baseball cap and a and a plaid shirt. No, in he didn't wear any baseball cap and a plaid shirt. He wore the same baseball cap and a plaid shirt all the time. Yeah, but essentially he wore essentially what it came down to was he wore the same baseball cap. Because a plaid shirt in the mid nineties up in Syracuse is not necessarily an avant-garde fashion. I think it was statement. really shaggy who came up with it too, because I remember because whatever I say it whatever I think of it, I think of Shaggy singing it, you know. Fat pat uniform. <laughs> It's not like he wore like a Cosby sweater all the time, or he wore uh, you know. Didn't a, wear the same sweater all the time. He wore a Cosby sweater all the time. A f- uh, a Fagan's the plaid shirt was his Cosby sweater. <laughs> there you go. All right, very good. Fat Pat equals Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh Lord, no, no, no. Um, and then the final wardrobe selection, not in his personal choices. The final uh, awkward burger that we take a bite in, 
uh, take a bite of uh, during the episode was um, Pat makes mention that his wife is eight months pregnant and expecting their second child, to which slightly caught you off guard, but then you recalled that you had been privy to that information, etc. But you couldn't remember if it was a boy or a girl, to which he reveals that they do know the sex of it, and it is a girl, They're gonna he's going to have a second girl, uh, to which you respond, yeah, but don't you wish you were having a boy? Yeah. <laughs> which is, there can't be a more awkward question for a father, especially a father of uh, a girl. Because you cannot say that. Yeah, I know. You're, I know. You're hard pressed to find somebody in public that will admit that they wish they had a boy. Not even replace an existing one with a boy, which it would be totally out of bounds. You can't even think that. But you can't even say you wish you had an extra. And that extra was a boy. Yeah. So uh, I appreciated those three things because they were just, they were you being you um, at, at a time when we were riding high during an episode, which we, we've never sunk lower than. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny about that whole thing though. Cause that's the other thing. It seems like out of all the people I know well that have had children, 90% of those kids are, ba- are, are girls. You know, so it just blows me away every time, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it Mike is Peters. crazy. It's like uncanny. Like, Fat Pat had two girls before he finally had a boy, you know? Mike Peters has I'm two looking of his at three the, kids are girls. Yeah, and like Brian had the girl now. I think he's going to, now they're going to, now Carla's going to have a boy. Oh, uh, they know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He told me that. He told me that. Yeah, yeah. Patrick, Mary, yeah. Lucy, Hazel, and Colin. Yeah, even a good Irish name, you know? Colin's okay. the youngest, you know. Oh, he didn't. He didn't go with Fagan. Fagan no. no, I think okay. his middle name's Klaus, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Colin Klaus Mulrennan, you know. Okay. And then um, guy I used to work with, he had two girls and then a boy, the third and final child, a boy. Yeah, Lawson's well, yeah. got two girls. Yeah, and I'll be straight with you. A lot of these people who got the two girls and then the boy at the end, that's the last child. And I think a lot of times because they're hoping to get that boy, you know? Some people that got a girl and then have the boy stop there because they want the boy, you know? Yeah, you think that's still a thing? Because at the end of the day, a guy wants to relate to, to, to his childhood, you know? I mean, he's going to obviously every father, ideally, and everybody we know, like Mike and Pat and Brian, they love their friggin' daughters, you know, like adore them. It will do anything for them. But guys, I mean, you know how it is. You envision the idea of going out and playing catch with your son the way you played catch with your father, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's like you want, you know, there's certain, and obviously you can do all certain things with girls and you can do all the same, but it's, but innately in your brain, you know, you've, I think most people that have kids imagine 
You know, when they ima- when boy when boys imagine one day having kids, I think a lot of times they imagine having sons because they imagine teaching the shit that made them a man. You know, yeah, okay, and vice right. versa. You know, it's it it's probably not as prevalent as it would have been in like the fifties or the sixties. Well, I don't think people would say it as much. Uh, I still right. think it's and prevalent. <laughs> even if it's not, even if it is as prevalent, it's definitely not as vocalized. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, That's what I think. I think it's less likely to be vocalized than it is to actually be uh, felt, you know. But obviously, you're going to love whatever you have, but, you know, you're not going to, you know, I don't know. Kids are weird because I have a friend with the law school with, and she's always putting pictures up of her kids. I know she loves them. Like, she's got a little boy, a little girl. But part of me thinks, like, one of the reasons she has kids is because they're like her, her dress-up dolls, you know, which is always a weird aspect to that whole child-rearing thing. You know that you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, listen, absolutely. Uh, the more I come in contact with people that are in their formative parenting years, or even just even they're just their childbearing years. Yeah. Um, it's it it's strange to see the spectrum where people fall on their approach to parenting and their yeah. connection to having that offspring. You know what I mean? Yeah. My dad knew that he had dudes that could cut the grass. <laughs> <laughs> and he knew when two oldest brothers were ready to move out of the house, he'd have two guys who were just the right age to start cutting lawns. <laughs> That's what it was all about in Livicary House, making sure that the landscaping was taken <laughs> that's care my, of. Yeah, that's my belief. Uh, and there's not much that friggin' to dissuade me from that. Contra- yes. Contradictory, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Good times. Good times. Uh, very good. Very good. Well, then, on that note, my friend, I think that is a solid 150 episode in the I, books. Yeah. I'd like to say this, though, because I thought of this to show, because I was thinking about particularly the Fat Pat episode. When we started this show, <laughs> I was recording in my childhood bedroom, which was the converted attic of my parents' house, uh, laying in a, on an inflatable mattress every week. And now I'm a homeowner, sitting at my dining room table, you know, with... A fancy Apple computer recording this show, you know, with an eye patch on my eye is, you know, is, <laughs> you know, I've come a long way in in the four years it's taken to get here. You and me both, brother. You and me yeah. both. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Cigarette ad. You've come a long way, baby. Well, then on that note. In your slims. Yeah. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> With congratulations to ourselves. Happy anniversary, Livy. Happy anniversary, Sam Man. And here's to 150 more, Fredo. Yep. And Fredo, you know, I'll do it in Fredo terms. This is our quinceanera times ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh got anything else, man? Or just sign it off for one fifty. Signing off for one fifty on that note. Apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Buenas noches. Fredo. Sweet potatoes red.